Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back for another episode of the Shipe Sports Talk Show. I am your host, Matthew Shipe, joined by always my co-host and producer, Paul. How you doing? Good, Paul. How are you doing today? Not bad. So I want to let everybody know before the show starts that uh, if you guys want to send in questions, you can send in questions to uh, through Twitter at, at Shipe Sports Talk, uh, through email, Talk at gmail.com. Uh, or if you're watching the stream through YouTube, you can, there's a little chat window on the side there that you can join in and we'll be sure to uh, address your comments and your questions. Thank you for that. As always, we greatly appreciate those comments and questions it adds on to the show and lets us interact with you a little bit more, which is what this show is about interacting with the fans and letting you all know our opinions. Um, joined once again by Brad via Skype. Brad, how are you doing today? Hey, doing great, Shai. Thanks for having me once again. It's good to have you on. And joined again by Guillermo. What's up, Shippy? How are you doing today, Guillermo? Uh, pretty good. All right. Before the show begins, I want to give a little shout out to Kamante uh, Carter of Gatesboro High School. Kamante's um, dad, Mr. Carter, and my father coached at Gatesboro High School for the past couple of years. Uh, they won a state title, I believe, back in 2000. Um, Kamante Carter is a defensive end from Gatesburg, sits four two thirty, and he signed a letter of intent yesterday to play for Penn State. So congratulations to Kamante Carter. Way to represent Gatesburg High School and best wishes to you and good luck at Penn State. Nice. Hey, good luck, man. What do you know what position he plays? He's playing defensive end. Did you say that? Yeah. Oh <laughs> defensive end. Well, congratulations. Yeah, congrats to him, man. And you know, it's always great to see a kid from high school take the next step to next level and hopefully we'll take the Go further in the NFL. So good luck. Hopefully, good luck to him in Penn State, and we'll see him down here in Maryland when we play. So nice. You know, maybe we'll get some people out there and cheer you on, buddy. All right. What are we waiting for? Let's get right into it. Super Bowl Forty Nine. Oh God. Super Bowl Forty Nine. Seahawks versus the Patriots. Mister Tom Brady got his fourth ring. Congrats to the Patriots. On a Super Bowl title, congrats to them. Winners 28-24. All right, let's get right into it. Brad, what were your thoughts on the Super Bowl? First of all, that was a great game. You know, shout out to both teams for giving a, a great effort. Uh, you know, much more entertaining than the Super Bowl was last year. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah, we can all be thankful for that. But uh, no, great effort by Seattle and the Patriots. Um, the, the whole year long, put themselves in position to to win the Super Bowl. So first off, great game, uh, very entertaining. Commercials were eh, maybe not so good, but uh, no, fantastic game. And uh, hats off to the Patriots. The commercials were, I mean, I almost cried the whole time. Yeah, those were a little emotional commercials this year. Like, it's, you know what the funny thing is? Everyone's talking about that nationwide commercial. I really, I missed that commercial because I was upstairs getting, you know, some ice cream or something, popcorn, but I came back down and all I see on Facebook is it's nationwide. So maybe one of you guys can recap that commercial for me and what was so emotional and sad about it. Is, is that the one where the dad drops off the daughter? No, no that, a- that was the Nissan commercial. The nationwide <laughs> one was they showed a couple clips of this kid, um, you know, young man, eight years old, uh, going through his life, you know, doing some fun activities in his life. And then they, they end the commercial with, but none of this ever happened because I like I died in like in some accident and they're like nationwide 
kids die like in the bathtub. It was it was what? extremely depressing. <laughs> that is a horrible. Yeah, I didn't see that. Why, why, why would you put that during the Super Bowl? I know it upset a lot of people. It was it was pretty it was pretty dark. I don't know where we were at. I have a friend of mine, his wife. Every single commercial, like break, she was tearing up for some reason. Well, or did another. you notice this year was more about son, like father figures uh, yeah. commercials? It was really different from you know always showing the mother. Now it was the father, so it was something different. I tell you what, I did like all the movie previews, but all right, we're getting off topic right now. Let's <laughs> get back to Super Bowl. All right, so we just had Brad Guillermo. Let's go with your thoughts. Just a quick thoughts, and we'll get into the game more. Uh, one of the best games I've ever seen, uh, just like last year's Super Bowl. Thank God there was an actual game. Um, yeah, the Patriots dominated the beginning. I I thought it was going to be a, a real low scoring game. Like, like one team have 20 and one team have like 17 or something like that. But yeah, uh, it was all, all about mistakes. Uh, Tom Brady threw a pick, returned it got injured and it was also uh injuries as well but not to take away from the from the patriots yeah they did their thing they were ready on defense for the final play of the game and yeah they just they took seattle's dreams away going for a a repeat oh yeah but overall great game all right my thoughts on the game was you know better game than last year at least the beginning play wasn't a safety for god's sakes I mean, that was, that was a horrible way to begin the Super Bowl last year. I know that I think they have money bets on the beginning play. And I tell you what, whoever put money down on a safety made some serious cash last year. Oh, dude, it wasn't even. But I mean, Brady, that had to be the best performance he's ever done in the fourth quarter, in my opinion. I mean, Brady, you know, he's had his fourth quarter comebacks, but that was just amazing. Amazing job by his defense. Uh, the play calling was great for the Patriots, not for the Seahawks. And, you know, let's get into that last play call for the Seahawks. Um, you have second and one, about, it was about 30-something seconds yeah, left. About 35 seconds left. You just ran the ball on first down. And you do a hurry up, you pass, and, you know, give the guy, Butler, some credit. I mean, he jumped that ball and picked it off. I mean, if he was a second behind, it's a touchdown. And no one's saying a word about this. It's the greatest play ever. But he jumped the ball. How are you supposed to? He read Wilson's eyes. And he jumped in and got the pick. Like I said, one second, and the game goes the other way. I mean, it was just a great play. Um, you know, you question why he didn't go to Lynch. Everyone's going to be saying that for the next seven months until the NFL season starts. But you know what? It's what football about is. You take gambles, and they either pay off or they don't. And in this case, it didn't pay off at all, and they paid the ultimate price. They lost to the Patriots. Uh, Brad, let's show your thoughts on that final play. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Shipe. I think it's extremely unfair to try and pin this on Pete Carroll. Uh, and I give majority of the credit to that defensive back Butler who made that play. It wasn't like it was a terrible pass. It wasn't like it was, you know, right in the receiver's hands and it, it got tipped and just fell into the lap of one of the defensive backs. No, this guy snubbed that play out. He, he was aggressive and he, he made a play on the ball and the ball was on point for the receiver. You know, the, the ball was, was well thrown. Um, you know, it, it would have been a touchdown had Butler not jumped in there and picked the ball. So, you know, I, I don't know why people are really trying to pull out the play call so much. It wasn't that bad of a play call. It was just a great play by Butler. He did. I, I remember him saying that he, 
like when they were interviewing him, he didn't, he didn't have a lot of words to talk. He didn't have a lot of words to say when they were interviewing him right at the end. But he did. One thing he did say is that he, uh, that's what they, that he recognized the package or whatever it was. They, you know, practiced that over and over and over again. And it just, you know, like auto mode kind of kicked in and he was there and he reacted and he got the, the interception. So good for him, man. You, you got it. Guillermo, let's go with your thoughts on it. Did you look a little upset over there? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, during the game, <clears throat> I saw the first down <clears throat> inside the one yard line. I was like, okay, automatically you're going, you're going to be smoked no matter what. You have to go. You, you, you have to be stupid not to go to, to Marshawn Lynch. Once I saw them form up and he was in eye formation, I was like, no, I was like, this, this can't be. I was like, no, he's gonna, he's gonna throw it. I got out of my seat, walked around pacing. And I knew he was going to throw something. He was going to make a mistake. They were going to take advantage of it. And it was going to be game over. Um, yeah. Well-read timed uh, throw on uh, on Butler's end. I give him I give him the credit for being there. Because like, I read a report saying that he wasn't even supposed to be in that in that uh, defensive package. But he just went onto the field and, and made the play of his life. And I'm pretty sure Tom Brady thanks him. That's why he gave him the the MVP truck. Um, yeah. I mean, like, like you said, you, you have to take risk and everything. And Pete Carroll did say on that drive or that, in those, on those plays right there that, um, he was going to throw it initially throw it. If he didn't, if they didn't score. Okay. If they did great. Uh, after that, he was going to run it on third and fourth down. Um, I would have just given it to uh beast mode all three times. Try to run it in. I mean, you're at the one with, with, the quarter, I mean, with the running back doing everything during the game to go forward, at least give him the ball. But I'd like yeah, to, it, it didn't really, it, it didn't work out, but I mean, I don't think they're really like completely like upset about the loss. I mean, they, they can always come back next year or years after. I think, I mean, that uh, I'd like to know if there's a stat, like how many, how many times beast mode is within the, in the red zone there given the ball and how many times he didn't make it into the touchdown. I'm sure that there is a stat for that. It probably maybe one at the mats. Yeah. What do you think, Brad? You know, I, honestly, I recall hearing a figure that was quite eye raising. Um, I've heard something like from the one yard line, beast mode is one for five on getting it in. And I think it's because people load up packages just like the Patriots did. They had their goal line package in with a couple cornerbacks and the the defense was run stop run stop run stop and like Guillermo said Pete Carroll was okay with throwing it because they had several more downs uh you know and, and they they decided with that run package that Patriots had you know laid out in front of them they were going to go ahead and just throw one and and I'm sure they weren't thinking about throwing a pick I'm sure they were thinking okay if this is incomplete we still have two more downs to, to set up a run play, you know, and, and, and haul it in with beast mode. Uh, but you know, I, I think the way everything, everything laid out and, and with the, the defensive package they had in, uh, I think the pass was, was the way to go. And, and I, I recall hearing that number, uh, that he was maybe one for five from the one yard line in. Wow. So, mm-hmm. Let's go with the play before that. And me and Brad were testing people where we were talking to each other on cell phones back and forth. And the week before we both said, or two weeks before that the 
Seahawks got very lucky they even got in that play in the game with that fluke onside kick. They almost won the game because of a fluke catch. Tom Brady literally almost lost a number, another Super Bowl because of a stupid fluke catch. I mean, hey, great catch by Curse. I mean, it was a great catch. I mean, heads up play. He saw a bounce. He took it in him, but it was a. It would have been fluked. It was almost as fluked as when David Tyree caught down on his helmet. I honestly would have felt bad for Brady if he would have lost the game because of that catch. It, w- it would have been a fluke if he would have got up and, and then ran in. Oh, I would have ran in or dived in. And- I'm sure Brad would have lost his mind if that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, shape nothing would have surprised me more. And actually, as soon as uh, as soon as Curse caught that ball, I was just like, "This is what Seattle always." does you know look at them against green bay they got outplayed by a ton i mean green green bay outplayed them by a lot but seattle has a way of pulling things off that not a lot other not a lot of other nfl teams have the ability to do which is execute that onside kick you know which is convert that two-point conversion on some some little whim throwback pass that should have been knocked down which is throwing up you know, some jump ball into double coverage that gets knocked away, but somehow when you're on your back, it lands right in your stomach. But somehow Seattle finds a way to, I, I hate to use the word luck because like sports, you know, there's so much preparation that goes into it, but man, does Seattle get some fortunate bounces. Let me just say that. So it would not surprise me if this bounce went Seattle's way once again and as soon as he caught it i was like now this is over that there's the bounce that seattle's waiting for you know everyone kind of knew it was going to happen they get lucky all the time uh i thought it was done and then they threw the pick and i i still almost don't believe it to this moment yep (laughs) i tell you what you know speaking of this defense for seattle i mean they forced two interceptions for tom brady but i tell you what everyone was really worried about the pass rush on brady he only got sacked once. So that offensive line for the Patriots really stepped up. And another person who really stepped up where people better keep their eye on next year is the wide receiver from Seattle and Matthews. I mean, he came out of, didn't have any catches all year, came out this game and he just, he was Russell Wilson saving grace. I mean, I'm looking at the receiving core here and Wilson only completed 12 passes. A third of those were to Matthews. I mean, Matthews was his saving grace. And I tell you what, Seattle Better go out and find themselves a wide receiver because by the way this game looked, I mean, Lynch, you don't know how much left he has in the tank because they lean on him so much. You can only carry 25 times a game, only so much during your career before your body just wears and tear. And yes, he's called the beast mode, but eventually your body is going to break down and they don't have a passing attack. I mean, it, you can't rely on running the ball because eventually they're going to do what they do with you know the Vikings. They're going to stack the bots. And they're going to force Russell to throw the ball and he doesn't have a true number one. So, I mean, hopefully Matthews is their new number one that they can develop. If not, I don't see Seattle, you know, maybe coming back next year to the Super Bowl because I feel like teams, once they can figure out, you know, how to get Lynch on the ground, which, you know, you would think by now defenses would learn to go low on Lynch and I try to tackle his body to where he can just plow through you, you know, go for the guy's legs but they need to get a pat. They need a wide receiver, a true number one, or I don't see them, you know, going back to the promised land again without the, without a number one receiver for Wilson to throw to a go-to guy for when he scrambles, he can throw it up. And it's almost like a Calvin Johnson, where if you throw it up, you know, he's going to catch the ball. They need someone like that for Wilson. They need a number one. 
He made some amazing catches. I mean, those were good catches, I thought at least. Yeah, they were, but you know, where was he all year? I mean, he could have used that all year. He doesn't have a number one receiver. Doug Baldwin's not a number one. How, no, no. Did he, so did he, is it that, uh, did he play a lot during the regular season? I don't think so. Ooh. I mean, Matthews. No, he, no, he, he didn't. didn't. He, didn't play, he didn't play at all. He probably got a couple of reps. His in, first catch was that 45 yard right. catch. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Brad, what do you think about that with the number one receiver for um, Seattle? Um, you know, this is only one game and as good as that kid looked and, and, and I applaud his effort. He had a fantastic game, made some great catches, big plays, uh, good for him for kind of announcing himself on a very, very big stage. But you have to show me a little more than one game in my opinion, before I assume you're going to be a number one, but not only that, the Patriots had Arrington guarding this guy, this guy's six, five Arrington's only like five ten maybe. So this guy was going up over Arrington with little ease. Uh, but then they put Browner on this guy, Matthews, uh, a lot of the second half Browner six, three. So he's similar size to this guy, Matthews. And I think he pretty much locked him down outside of maybe, uh, you know, maybe, maybe one catch, but I think it was a, a little bit of a mismatch, uh, situation, but also, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see what more this kid has to present for us next year. You know, I'm not going to say it was all easy because he had someone smaller guarding him. And I'm not going to say he's going to be their number one target next year. I'm going to say, uh, you know, let, let's see some more before I can make any kind of judgments on where I think his career is going to go. Speaking of go-to guys, Julian Edelman came up big for Tom Brady, him and Shane Vereen. I mean, we thought, I mean, when we, we talked about last week, we said, you know, are these receivers going to be able to get off the line with these physical cornerbacks of the Seahawks? And not only did they get off the line, they just out ran them. I mean, Element across the middle was money every time Gronk came up big on Chancellor. I think the first half where they threw it deep to Gronk, Chancellor was on him. If Gronk, you know, sent his arms out or was an inch away from a hauling in touchdown pass the first yeah. half. I mean, Shane Vereen had 11 catches for 64 yards. I mean, they just killed him underneath because what they did was you bring Vereen out. Chancellor is so concentrated on Edelman going across the field. Vereen's wide open in the flat. So, I mean, they, they didn't try to go up top. They didn't go to... Sherman, they played underneath ball, which, you know, for the Packers, you know, worked a little bit too when they started doing that with Cobb and Nelson. I guess maybe they watched film of that and said, hey, look, it's working for them. I think our receivers are faster. Let's do it with Edelman. And Edelman was just, anytime he did a crossing route, he was open. St. Vivarine, Amendola, I mean, they couldn't stop that play. And they were not, I don't, I don't know what Seahawks, their defense was doing. They weren't as physical as we thought they were going to be. Uh, Guillermo, what were your thoughts on that one? On the the receivers, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously Edelman is, I think, faster than Jordy. I don't know if they're as fast as Cobb, but they're they're more. I want to say like tougher than they are. They can take a hit. Obviously, they they proved it. Uh, yeah, it's just cut back or cut in. Uh, took over Wagner. Took over Averill. Took over all the other linebackers and safeties as well um yeah when you got speed and you that small of, of a player i think you're gonna dominate a linebacker every time pretty much every time and brady being as smart as he is took advantage of that and was like a, a field day for him just throwing it down right through the middle where i would be the man and say that if you were if they were going down the middle they're gonna take a hit and they weren't gonna do it uh Thomas and Chandler were nowhere to be found. I think they were more worried on Grunk 
Yeah, nowhere to be found, and they got exposed. Brad, what are your thoughts on the receivers from um, the Patriots and how well they just went underneath the entire game? I can't applaud this Patriots effort enough. Uh, honestly, <clears throat> every team has struggled completely against this defense all year, even last year. You know, you look back at, at what this defense has been able to accomplish in terms of not allowing anything. It's been pretty remarkable. Uh, so I would say this was just a massive team effort between the offensive line, giving Brady time to find receivers and giving the receivers time to get open. And then the receivers actually catching it and making plays. You know, they do have a lot of smaller shiftier receivers, uh, you know, between Amendola and Edelman, you know, once they get the ball, they're kind of shifty, like running backs in the open field, uh, you know, and, and they're, they're hard to bring down because it's hard to really get a good hit on them, you know, and they kind of slide off hits and, and fall forward for yardage. Uh, so, but this is a, just a complete team effort that the Patriots had with, with Brady delivering the football offensive line, giving them time, you know, and, and proper play calling when blitz packages, uh, were coming with dump offs to Shane Vereen, like you said, Shipe. Uh, I just, I just think this is absolutely incredible, uh, performance by the Patriots. Um, you know, that, that, that needs to be discussed as possibly one of the best performances by a team ever, you know, in a Super Bowl because, they literally looked Seattle in the face, in the teeth. They completely abandoned the run in the second half. And they just looked him in the face and said, you know what? We're going to come right at your, your your best part, which is your secondary. And we're just going to throw the ball because we have this stud and we're going to let him take care of this game. And you know, Brady took over 37-50, uh, four touchdowns, two picks. Uh, I, I don't know if you can you can say enough about the performance by by that offense as a unit and by Brady. Uh, you know, going up against the best secondary in the NFL on the biggest stage and getting it done. What more can you ask for from Brady? You couldn't ask for a better game. I mean, he threw two interceptions. Oh, well, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better. I mean, he deserved the MVP. I mean, there, there was nothing else Brady could have done to help them win that game. He gave it his all and he left it all in the field. And no yeah. matter what you say about the whole deflate gate <laughs> and, you know, the spy gate, Okay, that was unacceptable what they did, but the whole deflate gate, you know, that came out the day before the Super Bowl. Oh, they were only like 0. 0.2 psi below the limit. Oh, so you're telling me the whole two the whole two weeks beforehand, it was a big two pound difference. Then oh, it wasn't that bad. So that basically shows that it was only for them to something to talk about for one whole week because neither of these teams had any dirt on them, and they found the closest thing to dirt. And then when Brady came to about where everything was chet, he still played like the MVP. So you know what? The flight gate didn't mean anything. He came out, he performed, nothing slowed him down, and he deserved that MVP. Well, he did it like a true quarterback, man. He, he with his picks, they were down. He brought them back in one Super Bowl game. The I thing mean, with Brady is he keeps his composure. Like him and him and Manning and Rodgers, they're probably the best three quarterbacks where if they throw a pick, they'll be like, All right, cool. Give me the ball back, defense, and I it won't happen again. That's what I love about them. They is they don't lose their composure. They'll throw they could throw three or four pits in the game. And they'll still go out and probably throw four or five touchdowns. They'll count whatever they throw a pick, they will counteract it with two more touchdowns. And that's what he's did. It's pretty awesome to watch, actually. It was a great I Super mean, Bowl. Brady, you know, Brady for sure. But then Manning and those guys, watching them throw the ball is, is, is freaking awesome. Well, it's true. And you can't say enough about Brady as a competitor as well. You know, one, one of the best in the league. He's very emotional, passionate about the game. Uh, great competitor. 
Right on. I want to remind everybody who's if if you're watching on the stream right now, go ahead and uh, if you have any questions or comments, shoot them in the uh, in the chat room or on uh, to us via Twitter or email or what have you. If you have something to say, go ahead and uh, send it to us. We'll be sure to read it on air. All right, we're gonna come down to our final thoughts on the game. You know, we went over a lot today for Super Bowl Forty Nine. Once again, congratulations to the Patriots for winning. Uh, seven months till football. The next big thing I think everyone's going to be talking about will be free agency coming in the first couple of weeks of March. There's a lot of free agents out. So um, we'll be we'll be coming back to football pretty soon. I mean, it's not going away. We got free agency. We got the combine, the draft. So this isn't the end for football. Everyone is coming back. So final thoughts on the game. Uh, first to you, Brad. Okay. Uh, well, some things that, that, that I pointed out last week, Shipe, that I think were, were going to be extremely important for, uh, in order for the Patriots to win was being able to limit you know, some of the big plays and the breakdown plays that, some, that, that Seattle's offense can produce. And I think for the most part, they kept Russell Wilson in check. I think his longest run was 17 yards. Um, you know, they had a couple, uh, a couple deep passes, um, but it wasn't like it was blown coverage. You know, they threw some, some jump balls to Matthews, uh, who made plays, you know, that, that went up the sideline at the end of the game to curse, uh, you know, and, and he was able to make that play. Uh, but I think the Patriots defense really kept them in check and limited those, those big, uh, you know, plays when, when everything breaks down that I think their defense did a good job keeping everything in check and, Credit to, to Hightower, like like you said, and the linebackers of the Patriots really making sure that that nothing was busting open. Guillermo, your final thoughts? Um, great game overall. <laughs> Didn't like the outcome. Um, I'm not going to take any way, anything away from uh, New England and winning it. They won the game. That's the end of the, the end result, but... Um, Key losses and the injuries. You lost Lane and you lost uh, Avril, both to concussion and broken arm. By the way, that that injury was nasty. That oh, pretty gruesome. That thing bent. I didn't completely. see it. What ha- could, I mean, his- he landed on his arm and this basically snapped. Oh, like completely. <laughs> it, it was nasty. Um, if them two and a healthy Richard Sherman. Healthy Earl Thomas, healthy Cam Chancellor. I see the game going a little bit different. I don't know about the end result and everything. Probably the same, but like the defense wouldn't have been that exposed. I'm not going to take anything away from New England. They won the game. I'm not going to say, say uh, they got lucky, but I just, I just want to see like, because Averill put in, Averill had the, the pressure. He was putting pressure on, on Brady. On I guess on the left side, I just I just wanted to see him and Lane because Simon was the worst cornerback out there. <laughs> every, oh. every every play, I think I think on both scoring touchdowns on on Amendola and Gronk, I believe, were slants in, and he bit that every time and did not do anything about it. If Lane was there, I bet he would have done something. Maybe cost him like a touchdown, probably a field goal, but. Overall, great game. That's how Super Bowls are supposed to be played. Close, uh, interesting, like into it game. I, yeah, can't wait till the next Super Bowl and hopefully see them two at it again down the road. Paul, what about your final thoughts on the game? Let's hear you. Uh, 
Well, I liked it, man. I had a great time watching it. Like, so like, you know, like I said before, I'm like a, a fin- fringe fan. You know, I play fan. I participate in the fantasy and stuff like that, but you know, keeping up with the games is just tough for me in terms of like time wise, but I, it was an awesome, awesome uh, Super Bowl. I mean, the catches like Matthews, uh, everything that, you know, um, uh, uh, beast mode, you know, they just, they perform and they were really good. So I, it was so exciting. I was upstairs. We came home from the Super Bowl party and the last, the last quarter I had my kids on the couch and we were on the couch. And when, when he made that, that bobble catch towards the end, I was like, all right, it's over. Our team lost. And the kids were like, oh man. And then we were watching it and then they got the interception. I jumped up out of my chair, freaked the F out. And the kids didn't know what to do. They were just like, is he mad? Is he sad? What's happening? I'm sitting there screaming. I start running up and down the hall and they just start running with me. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. So, I mean, I was rooting for the, for the Patriots. So, you know, I was a happy camper after I saw it. Um, yeah, man. So I liked it. Awesome game. So uh, one final time, congrats to New England Patriots, winners of Super Bowl 49. Congrats to Tom Brady for his MVP. And seven months till the first game. So let's just. I just, I just want to say congrats to uh, Richard Sherman and his wife or oh, his girlfriend yeah. having a baby. When was that? Uh, I believe it was today. He had it on, on his number. Oh yeah, his number was twenty five, and he had it on yeah, two five. Yeah, it was the fifth. So, yeah. so congrats to uh, Richard Sherman. Nicely done. By the way, after watching the parade yesterday, I think we all can agree that we want to party with Gronk one day because that dude knows how to have a good time. <laughs> Anyone who just takes a bottle, those little bottle of fireball shots, and just chugs it right in the middle of the parade, he's good in my book. Oh, dude, I <laughs> wonder Johnny. I would, no Johnny like, football. It would be like hangover, like all over again. I wouldn't be able to remember anything. No wonder Johnny football <laughs> went and party with that dude even before he was in the NFL. <laughs> That's crazy. So I got a text message from a buddy. He said, um, he said he loves the show. Uh, He said, by the way, Matthews had been working at Foot Locker and they brought him in recently. And Butler was working at, I think it was a fast food restaurant. It was Popeye's. Yeah. Butler was working at Popeye's. What? So so, so both the people who made a big difference in the game were working everyday jobs like what we started as. Yeah. And, you know, stuff happens. Yeah, that could friend, be you next year, Shai. I know. My PGA friend was actually telling me. me. My friend was telling me about that. Is that he was at a Popeyes and they, I think New England was holding tryouts, open tryouts for them to to see, and somebody said, "Hey, you should you should try out and everything." So he went up and tried out. But the funny thing I heard was he, I think he got fired because he was giving away free chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he's. I mean, he's living the dream now, so he doesn't really oh care about God. that. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I mean, golly, what a story. What a story. Big story. And then for him to get the truck from Tom Brady, it was I think that was pretty nice from Tom Brady. Hey, this might be a dumb question. Nothing's a dumb question on this show. So don't ask it then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So both teams played in the Super Bowl. Only one team gets a ring. Okay. Yeah. So like, it's not like if you, even if you, they both, they all get paid, but only one team gets a bigger paycheck. Uh, it's not, it's not like the world cup, which is like worst thing, worst feeling ever. And you get a silver medal and a handshake. You want to hear, you know, what's the worst you feeling. See, you see the winning team getting the gold medal and the world cup yeah. lifted. You know, what's the worst feeling losing seven, seven to one on your home turf. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Guatemala's never lost. So <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Mr. Brazil over here. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, listen to some message from 
our producer, Paul. So we'll be right back momentarily. Yeah, it'll be about a minute. So hang on. Hang with us, people. Hey, this is Paul from the Shipe Sports Talk podcast. Just wanted to let you know how you can listen to our podcast while you're on the go using an app called Stitcher. You can listen anytime, anywhere using the award-winning free Stitcher app. Best part is, when you stream our podcast or any of the other 20,000 available out there, there's no downloading, no syncing, or no wasted memory. It's on demand and on the go. So if you don't already have the Stitcher app on your iPhone, Android phone, or tablet, download it free today at Stitcher.com or from your app store. Add us to your favorites list, and every week when we put out our new episode, Stitcher will automatically update and have the latest episode of the Shipe Sports Talk podcast waiting for you. While you're there, it really helps us get our podcast noticed if you give us a nice review, rating, and thumbs up. We'll greatly appreciate it. Have a comment or question? Easy. Go to shipesportstalk.com, click on the Contact Us tab, and there you'll be able to submit your questions or comments. We love hearing from you, so we'll be sure to thank you live on the air. You'll also find on shipesportstalk.com the latest episodes, show notes, and other ways to find us on platforms like iTunes and YouTube. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Shipe Sports Talk Show. All right, we're going to change gears here, go NBA, and we're going to do, it hasn't been, they haven't reached the All-Star game yet, but we're going to go ahead and review the first half of the NBA season. Um, it's been a lot of surprises so far, I believe, the first half of the NBA season. I think the biggest surprise is, in my opinion, is the Atlanta Hawks are in first place at the Eastern Conference, 41-9. and nine. I mean, they're eight games ahead of Toronto. I mean, I didn't see that coming. I don't know about you two, uh, Brad or Guillermo, but I didn't see that coming. I mean, the local team, the Washington Wizards, kudos to them. 31-19. and 19. I mean, they're 10 games out of first place, but they're in third in the Eastern Conference. I mean, I think they're doing right what people thought they would do. Uh, you got Cleveland, who's 30-20. and 20. They're slow. They're, they had a slow start, but they've won 11 in a row, so look out for them. I mean, they're getting hot at the right moment. And, you know, you have the normal people in there. You have Chicago. Miami's in the eighth seed, but then you have Charlotte and Milwaukee at six and seven seats. You know, good for them that you're seeing, you know, some different newer teams that are going to be making the playoffs. And I love that this year. It's not going to, it's not the same teams you see every year. It's different. Indiana, you know, they're out of it. New York, let's not even get into the Knicks right now. Carmelo, I, in my opinion, made a big mistake now staying in the Knicks. He probably should have went to the Chicago. Uh, on the Western side, you got Golden State. 39 and 8. We only got Memphis three games behind them, then Houston, Portland, Clippers, Dallas. You got San Antonio sitting the seventh seed. Um, 31 and 18. I mean, I, I see them rising up. And then you have the biggest surprise, Oklahoma City at 25 24. They're sitting three and a half out of eighth place. But I mean, when you start the season with injuries to Westbrook, injuries to Durant, I mean, what do you expect? And then you have the Lakers. I mean, they're just. The wheels are just falling off of that franchise. I mean, they're going to need to re-up. But, um, yeah, let's try and start. Uh, Brad, what's your thoughts so far in the first half of the NBA season? Well, so far it's been extremely exciting. Uh, <clears throat> you look at teams like Atlanta who really, really announced themselves, come onto the scene, playing some great basketball. Um, you know, Everyone's gelling really well. Teague is playing at a high level. Millsap, now they have Horford back and he's healthy. Look out for Atlanta to definitely, uh, definitely make a, a nice little run in the playoffs, and and uh, you know as of right now they're the number one seed in the East, and and it doesn't seem like anyone's going to knock them off. Cleveland starting to get rhythm together, uh, looks to be their best 
uh, opponent in terms of stopping them from going to the NBA Finals. Guillermo, let's go on to you now. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm liking the first first half of the season. Uh, a lot of names that we haven't even heard of, like uh, center from Orlando. You got a couple of guys and Kid Gilchrist who are actually doing pretty good, like key key position players. Um, a lot of faces, yeah, that are, that are actually moving up in their in their in their careers. Atlanta um, have one hell of a team. Um, let me just say that assistant coach from San Antonio Spurs is the head coach of the, the uh, uh, Hawks. Jesus um, God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're built, built like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. My Spurs sitting in seventh place, not really happy with it, but I mean, it's all due to injuries. A lot of, a lot of injuries there. You got, OKC with injuries with Durant and Westbrook was out for a couple. Well, that of weeks. was the hardest setting team for injuries was OKC. I mean, you see the effect. I mean, there's no way that's a tenth place team. No, it and it sh- and it shouldn't be. Um, I don't know if they're actually gonna make it because everybody's everybody in the West is consistent. I think New Orleans will surpass Phoenix. To be honest, even though OKC is two and a half games away from eighth, they could get the eighth spot. But I see or uh, New Orleans taking that. And then, yeah, with uh, Carmelo, biggest mistake to ever stay in New York. I, he said he did it for his kids. I think he did it for the money because, yeah, nobody be wanting to stay for a team that only has 10 wins and probably going to have 10 wins for the next three years. All right. And in terms of, like, awards, we have to give midseason awards out right now. Um, my MVP right now, you know, I'm looking at all these players and so many players are having so many good starts to the season. Stephen Curry. I mean, that kid is just, he's the reason Golden State is where he's at. I mean, Chris Thompson, you know, he's Chris Thompson, but. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Clay. I'm sorry, guys. God, I think I get it better off by now <laughs> after five episodes. It's okay. By the way, I think it's kind of cool that it's the fifth week of the year, the fifth day of February, and this is our fifth episode, 555. Five, five. How about that? I'm going to play the lottery yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> so, anyway, I think Steph Curry definitely deserves the MVP so far, first half of the season. I mean, he's the reason that team works at. I mean, he does the assists, he scores. He's got the steals. I mean, he's everything they've wanted him to be. And, you know, if I had to choose a defensive player, DeAndre Jordan from the Clippers. I mean, he's averaging 13.6 rebounds per game, 2.43 blots, you know, right behind Anthony Davis. But, you know, it's Anthony Davis. And he has the best field goal percentage in the NBA. It's 73%. So not bad for him. So, um, Brad, what about your little uh, awards, little midseason awards? Let's see. Yeah, you know, Golden State is incredible, and uh, you know I, I hear you say Steph Curry and what a talent he is. You know, uh, amazing player. He can stroke it from just about everywhere. Uh, but that that team is well built, also in many places. You know, if you look at the Pelicans without Anthony Davis, where are they at right now? Uh, you know, I I think he is one of the most improved players this year. But also, I think he's a good candidate for MVP. I mean, he's just put up incredible figures, dominating night in, night out. Uh, you know, for me, the award goes to Anthony Davis. I mean, he's kicked it up to another level, and uh, he's dominating. Guillermo? Uh, MVP will have to go either to John Wall or James Harden, simply because, yeah, without them, from the beginning of the ball, it would not do anything uh john wall putting 
playing the best season of his career, uh, hands down, uh, should be like runner up or leading candidate to to MVP. I mean, I've seen this guy play and from the beginning till now, and he's changed so much. Uh, also with James Harden, there's you, you got to fear the beard. Nothing, nothing you can do there. He's leading his team in points. He's had two uh, triple doubles this year. Uh, the times that he sat, I don't even think he sat. He's probably sat like one game. They lost. Um, yeah, key leader. They're both leaders in, in the thing, but I would have to give it to, uh, to John Wall. And then defensive player of the year, I would have to either DeAndre Jordan or the new up-and-comer kid. Uh, Whiteside from Miami, like getting rebound machine, supposedly the next Dennis Rodman, and then uh, blocking everything in sight, not letting anybody, not letting anybody in the in the paint and everything. Uh, keep keep a lookout on him. He's he's doing something defensively and doing something amazing in his first career in his first year. Uh, speaking of the Wizards, the Wizards are playing right now. They're playing the Hornets. They're up 21-19 with 3.39 left. So um, after you uh, listen to our show, please tune in and root for the home team, the Washington Wizards, after our show, of course. All right. Well, that's we're going to talk more NBA as the season goes along. I mean, we have until April. Um, we'll continue going on and who's going to fade away, who's going to keep going, and, you know, more episodes we go along. I mean, we're not going to get away from the NBA, you know, we're going to keep going. We got the all-star game coming up, you know, the dunk contest, the celebrity all-star game, which is always fun to watch, but we're going to keep the NBA talk going throughout our podcast, throughout every episode. So just stay tuned. You know, we may not talk about it here as much, but we will keep it going. Wizards. They, uh, did they, are they losing? I heard that they lost a couple last couple. Of- <laughs> They've lost four in a row. I mean, they're on a little skid right now. So tonight would be a big win. And right now, like I said, the, the hottest team in the NBA was Atlanta. They lost. Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, they're 11 in a row. Would you say score was for Wizards right now? Well, now it's 23 21. Wizards. Okay. 305. Uh, we're, we're Wizards. All right. We're going to shift gears here for the final time of this episode. And it's a topic that me and Brad will be taking very seriously because this is the sport that we play. This is where I, how I actually met Brad was working in the golf department at Dit Sporting Goods. So. You know, it's something we both have in common. I've gotten Guillermo into the game. You know, I've gone out with him a couple of times, helped him out with his swing. Or at least tried. <laughs> I helped you out. Um, <laughs> oh, no, you know, he's helped me out big time. It's just, I just can't get it. <laughs> no, you never do. I, That's I gotta, the thing. I got to learn. I got to learn more. <laughs> I got I to go out more times with Stripe to, to get it. So You, you could be Tiger. He still doesn't know. <laughs> We're going to get into this. Actually, speaking of Tiger, the big thing today was, you know, he played last week horrible, but he came out and said he physically felt good. You know, the mentally wasn't there. And then today after 11 holes, he withdrew from back pains. And right before the show, me and Brad were talking and we are really seeing the fall, the rise, excuse me, the rise and the demise of Tiger Woods. Like this has a 30 for 30 ESPN special written all over it. Mm -hmm. I mean, right before our eyes, Tiger Woods is falling. I mean, he's, He's out of the top 50 in the world. He may not even be able to qualify for certain tournaments. And I was telling Brad, I mean, when's the last time I would never thought in my lifetime, I would, I would see Tiger Woods can't make a turn because he doesn't qualify. 
I thought maybe on his own free will, no, I don't want to play, but to not qualify, never thought that would happen. And you hate to say it, but this this could be it for Tiger. I mean, he's uh, he may not win another tournament ever again. So, so what's happening to him? Is he losing it like upstairs? It could be a little bit of that and the his back pain. I mean, he's had back pain for the past two to three years, and it won't go away. He had surgery, and today is his lower back. I mean, after the first three holes, Brad was telling me he was feeling, you know, he was rubbing his back. He was feeling, I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, I was being told that he wasn't even picking up his own tees. His playing partners were picking up for him, and oh, wow. that's getting bad. And it, it's, it's horrible. I think it's horrible for the sport because our generation grew up seeing Tiger Woods. I mean, that's... That's all who we knew as the top golfer was Tiger Woods. You talked about golf, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, the video game, the merchandise, Nike. I mean, you think of all that, you think of Tiger Woods. So I want to go to Brad. I want to go first on your comments about this and just the impact this is going to bring to the golf world. Well, that's, uh, it's pretty tricky to say because, you know, this is, this is happening so sudden. You know, you, you think of some other, you know, major uh, names in other sports, like, you know, Jordan in his career, it kind of slowly went off. You know, he, he played with the Wizards. You know, you slowly start noticing that, yeah, he, he just, he can't do it anymore. This is happening very quickly. And it's almost like a train wreck and you can't look away. So in terms of like popularity and ratings, you know, I, I think they're probably just as good right now because people want to see what's going to happen next. Uh, you know, that, like I said, it, it, it is kind of like a train wreck and it's, it's happening so fast and, and everyone wants to kind of see how it's going to play out and what's going to happen. I mean, it's, it, it would be terrible for the PJ tour if he wasn't allowed to play in some tournaments simply because he, you know, he can't qualify or his world ranking isn't high enough. But, you know, in, in terms of, of still popularity and, and, uh, and pulling a draw for the sport, you know, in a in a in a negative way, you know, this still does add some popularity to the game because people, I think, just are so interested in what's going to happen, and and it's unraveling very quickly. Guillermo, do you have any um comments on this? Um, <clears throat> yeah, growing up, all what like ever since I started watching golf, like you said, it's been Tiger this, Tiger that, um. I just I just hate to see what he's what's happening to his career. It's basically he's in quicksand. It's one thing happens and another and another and he he can't get out of it. He he's trying so hard to to bring the old tiger back which everybody wants to see, but I think the more he tries it's, it's not going to happen. I mean, if he retires it's, it's going to be a sad day for golf. But just like it was for a, a sad day for me when when Derek Jeter retired, because all I all I saw was Derek Jeter, and after injuries and all, and he couldn't perform. He didn't he couldn't perform at that top level, and I think that's basically what Tiger's gonna do, is he might lean towards retiring, which is not a not a bad idea. I mean, won fourteen majors. Um, he didn't reach. Jack Nicholas's uh, <clears throat> careers, but I mean, he's had, he's had a heck of a career and calling it quits wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, you got to think about your, your health most importantly. 
what if he just, I mean, is it odd that like some, like someone like him, like if he just took off for like a few years just to kind of heal up and see what happens, did he already do that? I, th- already? I think he took, he took like a year. He's year taken, two. he's taken like year. He's taken like in the recent past couple of years, he's taken a year off. He just recently took almost half the season off last year. And it's just nothing's going to be like, I think seriously, he has a serious back problem and I don't think there's any way to fix what he has. I mean, it just seems like every time he says he's getting better, it's just gotten worse. And it's, for me, it sucks because I really grew up liking Tiger Woods. I mean, he was my idol. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved, I mean, I wore Tiger Woods brand shirts and Nike shoes. And it's just, it's horrible to see someone like this just get on top of the mountain and he didn't sl- slowly walk his way down. It's just a straight tumble right down the mountain. Like he got to the top and then just, see ya, you're gone. It's like he was pushed off the yeah, mountain. It wasn't It wasn't off. a walk down. Like, oh, you know, I'll win a major here a couple months. Oh, I'll win here. It was just gone. And it's horrible. It definitely seems like it's just like everything is unraveling before him. And well, at least from, from my perspective, it seems like it's just everything's falling apart and he doesn't know how to handle it. And I don't know. I mean, well, it's probably because he's never had this position before where yeah, he's losing a, yeah. back to back to back, not qualifying or not making a cut back to back. I mean, he's always been the guy where he's going to make it through all four days of, of golf and be a contender at the end of the, every tournament. Brad, who is he playing with again? It was Fowler and Horschel. Fowler and Horschel, yeah, today. He's matched up with Fowler and Horschel. From what you told me really almost broke my heart having two younger guys having to pick up your tees. I mean, respect to them for respecting him enough to do that, but it's, I mean, to see him not be able to pick up his tees and having to have someone else do it, it's just, it, it breaks anyone's heart that a fan of Tiger Woods that like, it's unfolding right before your eyes and you're just like, oh my God, this, this is it. I mean, we could not be seeing Tiger Woods anymore. I mean, God knows how long he's going to be out for after this. I mean, I'm looking right, I'm reading right now that he fell the number 56 in the world and his w, WGC spot is in jeopardy, and after this, he's not going to even be able to be in the WGC. And it's what's it's, that? What's that? World Golf Championship. Oh, okay. And he's he's in that every year, even when he was hurt and took some time off, he still was able to qualify. And not having Tiger in that, I think, is a big deal because I mean, a lot of people tune in to see Tiger Woods. I mean, the Masters, you'll see the ratings drop off a little bit when he's not there. When he's there, you'll see the ratings; they'll they'll be out of the roof yeah. because people want to see Tiger. Like you'll notice, I'm sure if you look at the Phoenix, uh, you know the tournament of Phoenix last week, you can see where Monday, Tuesday, or excuse me, Thursday, Friday, their viewings, I guarantee were a lot better than Saturday, Sunday, because Tiger was there. Yeah. I guarantee if Tiger was like in the final group on Sunday, more people would have watched his final round than watched the pregame of the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I can almost guarantee that. And I'm sure Brad can agree with me with that as much. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a national treasure and, uh, you know, everyone loves to watch Tiger play, and especially when he's in the hunt. You know that that that's when he draws even more of a crowd. But you're probably right versus you know versus Super Bowl pregame, people probably would have been tuned in. I'm 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 sure a lot of the golf you know the golf uh, feed of the tournament would include a lot of his round and a lot of his shots. Paul, what were you going to say? Oh, just that uh, you know, so I'm a little bit older than you guys, I think, and I remember when he was like he kind of broke on the scene. <laughs> how he was like this amazing, like young kid. And he, you know, just, just everybody who watched him play was just in, in complete awe, how he could hit the ball and how much power he had and how he's doing in the tournaments. And it was, you know, 
I think maybe he was like the youngest one, like to do some of these, like, you know, break some of these records or something like that, or some of the accomplishments that he made that alone was like such an infusion, like to just make golf popular again. I remember that was like everything, everybody knew Tiger Woods and the, all the talk was just how awesome this kid was. And it brought, it brought golf pretty much, but you know, to the spotlight, back to like some of these major sports. I mean, it, without him for sure, it you know, it probably wouldn't be as, uh, as popular it is today. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, I, there's, there's a lot of good players now, I think, but you know, there, uh, if it wasn't for tiger, I think, you know, the viewership and everything like that would probably be a lot different. But I, I remember like when, when he was coming up, it was, it was, it was pretty awesome to watch. That's uh, real sure. Real quick sports update. And at the first quarter, the Wizards are down 30 to 34 in the Hornets. So that is your sports update on the Shite Sports Talk Show. <laughs> adding, nice. some, adding something new every week. So so why can't so why why are you guys saying that it's he's done? I mean, he's just like done. Is it because it's the injury? Like, why can't he just take off for like well, I was reading, three, four years? I was and, reading right here. He blamed it on a lengthy fog delay that pushed it back mm, more than two hours. So then he blames it back. I'm actually gonna let he said he said it. It never loosened back up. He said he was playing out there, and then after that two-hour delay, he said it just it got tight and never loosened back up. Never got, it never got cold. I mean, it never got warm again. He got cold. He's not completely healed. I'm actually going to let Brad elaborate on this because he's the one who just told me about the lower back and everything. So, Brad, elaborate to everyone. Um, there's a, I'm sure there's going to be listeners who don't really know much about the lower back and how it involves with golf. So, Brad, just elaborate on that for us, please. Sure. Uh, I, I would say one of the highest impact areas, you know, uh, in terms of a golf swing – has to be your back and especially that lower back is, you know, when you finish and you're, you're at a full extension and you, you know, you fall through in your swing, it puts a lot of stress on that lower back. One of my best golf friends, Dan Evans, he, uh, you know, he has some issues sometimes with his lower back and he's told me stories about how after rounds he needs aspirins, you know, his back tightens up, it gives him problems. And, you know, sometimes it's okay when it's loose and, and everything's fine, but once it starts tweaking on you, you know, he's, he said it's over. Like it, it's absolutely over and it's, it becomes virtually impossible to swing because you don't have that full range of motion and that full extension because your lower back is tightening up on you. I, yeah, I can understand that. Actually, we went to, we went playing prairie golf one time. Do you know what that is? Have you ever been up to the, anyway, it's basically a golf course on a farm. I played shanks golf before. <laughs> <laughs> Brad knows what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. All right, go about. ahead, Paul. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. So we went with a couple of friends. It's basically a golf course. You get uh, 18 holes of golf, cart, uh, as many times around as you want for 20 bucks. So it's pretty awesome. Um, but we went and a buddy of mine basically just threw his back out like after the third hole. We couldn't move him. We had to like slide him onto the cart and like medevac him out to like the you know, where the car was or something like that. Not meta vacuum, but you know, cart vacuum out to the car. What a shame. Uh, $20 and you have to play two holes. What a shame. Yeah. 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 But we, well, we, we actually left them on one of the benches and then we went and played golf. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> horrible. And we came back. It was, it was her, his request. Well, I know me and Brad, we had a buddy who, um, Devin, we we're out playing that little free round you got for winning some Super Bowl thing at, mm-hmm. um, Okay, was, that, was, Cross Creek. Cross Creek and Brad and Devin stepped on something the wrong way. Remember his hip went out of place and we just kept playing while he just sat in the golf cart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, stepped, you know, he stepped on a rod, but we just kept, I mean, like you, we just kept playing. <laughs> well, sure. But, but, you know, but the point is like many other sports, if you're not healthy, it's hard. It, it's hard to perform. 
you know, and, and Tiger's situation is no different. You know, he's not healthy right now and, and he, he just can't perform, you know, as much as of a competitor he is, you know, I, I know today he wanted to give it a go because I know he wants to get back out there and start competing. And, and of course, win tournaments, uh, you know, he doesn't want to be halted by his lack of health. And, uh, you know, I know this is frustrating for him. You know, it's frustrating for viewers, but, uh, I wish him a speedy recovery cause we love seeing him out there. Yeah. So, I mean, is it like, are we talking he's done like forever or are you guys talking like, no, that's a little bit of, a, of an exaggeration. It's just, you know, he's dealt with so much in the past couple years and he's starting to play some of his worst golf. Um, yeah. where is he at mentally more than physically? Where is he mentally? And you have to wonder, is this, you know, just the tip of the iceberg? Is he going to, you know, is he going to climb back into, you know, into a power spot or is this slide going to continue? Uh, so, yeah. you know, it, it is a little bit of an exaggeration to say he's over because, you know, just 18 months ago, he's the player of the year. Uh, you know, just a couple of years back, he was player of the year, won five tournaments. Uh, so obviously he can still get it done, but with his lack of health, I think it's weighing on him mentally as well. Yeah. Because uh, he's having some short game issues that he's never had before. You know, watching some of that today and some of the coverage of his tournament uh, last week where he missed the cut, it was uh, it was pretty embarrassing, I think, for him. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully he can get through this and and get healthy. Number one, uh, you know, and then he can really start focusing on climbing back into you know power rankings, top ten, and uh, being able to compete at a high level in majors and in big tournaments. Right on. So, yep. so maybe just not the same tiger as maybe we've been used to in the past. Mm-hmm. Cer- cer- certainly not, but, uh, you know, still able to still able to win golf tournaments. You know, he, he, he had won a couple, uh, you know, just a few years ago and, you know, he just needs to get healthy. And I think once he can do that, then he can, uh, you know, he can really start, start breaking through again. All right. Well, that does it with our Tiger Woods talk. Uh, I have one question that came in from a friend on Tets. Um, this person was wondering, what do you guys, if you guys, any of you guys hear about the Julie Edelman with the girl on Tinder that posted uh, about I, them sleeping or she posted him sleeping and now she's like on a blacklist from the clubs or whatever. Say what? Yeah. Like apparently she, I guess they must have hooked up that night and she posted a picture of him sleeping in the bed and posted on Tinder and everything, I guess to brag about it. And now she's like blacklist from all the clubs in Boston, which means she's banned. What do y'all think about? I think it's just someone trying to do a five second stunt trying to say, Oh, look who I was with. Yeah. I, you know, the funny thing is I bet you nothing even happened. She probably just said, Oh, he passed that on me. Oh, look, I got a picture of Julian in my bed. I'm going to take full advantage of this. First of all, I, it, I did see that picture shipe and I mean, it's, it's hard to even say if that is Julian Edelman. Is you know, I, no. I, I, I'm not saying it didn't happen, but, I haven't you seen know. it, so that's why I was wondering about you guys about it. Whoever is in that bed looks a lot like Julian <laughs> Edelman. If it is Julian Edelman, then he looks a lot like himself. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it, it's just kind of a picture with a, you know, with a phone selfie that that she took, and I don't know what her angle is, you know, on that. Probably just some kind of publicity thing for herself. But you know, I, I I'm not even sure it's it's Edelman, so. I'm not going to call Edelman out and, you know, and, and, and say that I think that's him. You know, if he comes out and says something, then okay. But until then I'll just, you know, kind of leave it be. Is he married? I don't know. 
don't, I don't think so. Good for him. Props to him, man. <laughs> All right. So before the show even started, I meant to make a big announcement, but I'm going to make it right now at the end of the show. There's still two big announcements. One is we're having the first annual Shipes Porch Sports Talk show. I just did a poll. Yeah. <laughs> I just did a poll. <laughs> See? <laughs> Shipes. Say what? <laughs> Let me say it for you. Shipe Sports <laughs> yeah. Talk. We're having a Shipe Sports Talk fantasy baseball league on Yahoo. So anyone who's interested, message me on the Facebook page, Twitter. Uh, you can message me personally on Facebook. Let me know you're interested. I'll send you the link. And then um, the winner of that, we'll, um, we'll figure out a prize as we go along. I mean, this is, we have a whole baseball season to figure that out. But don't worry. We'll be worth it. And then the big announcement I had for today was all you March Madness lovers out there, all you college basketball lovers, we're going to be having the first ever Shipe Sports Talk March Madness Pick'em on Yahoo where you, the fans, the listeners, will be competing against me, Paul, Brad, Guillermo, and a Pick'em to see if you can beat us. And if you beat us and whoever the winner is, the first place overall, the prize is you will come in in studio, sit with us for an entire episode and talk sports with us. You know, we want to interact with our fans. We thought this would be a good way. So if you do that, pick them and you win, you can come in studio. It's also, we do not provide airfare or hotel fee. <laughs> so if you win and you're out of state, uh, you can always Skype us. Uh, if you want to make the trip up here, you know, it's cool, but you're hoofing it. <laughs> Get here on your own. Yeah. But that's a cool thing we're doing. You know, it's, we're going to keep on doing that as years come. It's the first one this year. So if you win, you know, it's a really big deal, but you have to beat the four of us. And I tell you what, me, Brad, Guillermo, we keep up with college book basketball during that time. So all I'm going to say is good luck to you because you're going to have some competition out. So hopefully everyone signs up for that. We would love to have someone win and bring you in studio. It'd be awesome. I'll put it on the, uh, on the website as well. So, uh, you'll be able to find it. Um, once it comes, I think that's come out to like the end of February. So, okay. So just, just keep it. We'll make sure we post it on there. Make sure. So if you want to do either baseball or the Yahoo basketball college, please start looking up now. Cause trust me, there's a lot of players in baseball. It's not like football. You got to pick an entire lineup and for college basketball. It's not just the top 25. You got to look out for upsets every year. There's one upset. Mm -hmm. Always a Cinderella team. Yeah. I think the best one though had been George Mason. Oh yeah. In my definitely. opinion, that was the best one, but, um, we're actually going to get into uh, in, um, college basketball as the March madness starts coming around. Brad, I know is very passionate about college basketball and he is just gearing ready to go to talk some hoops. <laughs> Shout out to my SDSU fans. Yep. <laughs> and, um, next week, next week is going to be one of our, my opinion, besides this show, one of our biggest episodes we've had, we're going to talk. I don't have a lot of baseball fans out there. But, you know, for the fantasy, if you think about doing it and, you know, if you ever wonder about the sport, listen to next week. Our entire episode will be baseball season preview. Get ready. All of us here are very passionate baseball fans. You see, I'm wearing the Nationals. They're, they'll be dressed for baseball gear next week. We got the Nationals <laughs> little rally towel here. You know, I got the Worth jersey on. Buccaneers. Free Worth, by the way. <laughs> Hashtag Free Worth. Free, oh, he's in, he's in the clink, isn't he? Yeah, but just... During weekends, he's signing autographs too. So if you want to run a DUI in Fairfax County, you may have a chance of getting a <laughs> autograph from Jason Worth. Is that what happened to him? DUI? No, he was driving Reckless over a hundred and about a sixty on ninety-five. Dang, okay. a nice little truck of his. But uh, cool All thing right. about the cool thing about him is, is they're letting him keep his beard because normally when you go to jail, you have to shave the beard and they let him keeping it. Thank God. Can't imagine him without it. How much is that worth, dude? Can you imagine? 
I don't know. Never mind. That was a <laughs> but next week, we're going to go over every division in the lead. We're going to pick division winners. We're going to pick our wild card. We're going to pick the entire playoffs. We're going to pick our MVP, our Cy Young. So get ready. Next week is going to be our baseball super show. And I, for one, I'm sure I can speak for all my co-hosts. We're excited for this. Football season's over and ended at around 1030, 10 o'clock on Sunday. And as soon as that zero struck, baseball mode went right into effect for a lot of us here. So I am ready. I'm ready for the Nationals to make another run. So get ready for next Thursday. Same time, same day, Thursday, 645 for the MLB preview show on Shipe Sports Talk Radio. And please, if you have any questions about any players in MLB, about any teams, any of the transactions that's happened, Please send me Twitter, send me Facebook posts, emails, anything. I want to talk about baseball, nothing but next week, and I want your guys' opinion. So for everyone here, for myself, Brad, Paul, Guillermo, thank you for listening this week. Hope you all have a good day, and tune in next week, Thursday, 645, for the Baseball Super Show. Thank you. See ya. Thank you all. Peace.